AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. 
Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Hello and welcome to the Fighting Cop Podcast. I am your host, Flav, and I'm joined by Spooky, Felonius, and the Telegraph's very own Charlie Parrish. We big up man like Paul Mitchell, Windy Drops the Knowledge, Hull is previewed, internationals, do we need them? And we ask, who would Loris like to kill? Yeah! Boom! It's the fighting. It's the fighting. It's episode 16, season 4 of the Fighting Cop podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. How's everyone doing? I'm all right. I've had better days. <laughs> What's wrong? I just, I, I just... I think Thursday. It's all I'm going to say, just Thursday. Yeah, we've uh, we've just come back from... Uh, well, I say just come back. We came back on Friday. Yeah. Manchester. I'm still feeling very jaded. It was uh, a fantastic experience. We're going to talk a little bit about it. Not too much tea, don't worry. Thank God. Actually, there's so many people worried about what we're going to say when we record, so we we can't say hardly anything, really, because we've got to protect people, we've got to protect our sources. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about it. First of all, uh, thank you very much, uh, Spooky, for coming back once again. I'm all right. I'm like a guest these days. Well, you are a guest. Every now and again. never turn up anymore, so that makes you a guest. You used to be a part of the podcast. I know, man. Life got in the way. I did an interview on Thursday um, where, where, where someone asked me... Why did I start? How did, how did the fighting cock come about? I said I I emailed some bloke I used to know. <laughs> That's all, all the props you got. <laughs> uh, we've also got Charlie Parrish returns second second tricky second album tricky second album. Let's hope it's not too tricky. Like the <laughs> season has been so far. Oh Jesus! Um, and thank you for coming back. The last. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's, I'm I'm chuffed to be back. Thank you for the invite. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, thank everyone for, for voting for, for the fighting cock in the FBAs. Um, we, we fell short. We lost to a Kuna podcast, and it was the last thing I wanted to to experience. I mean, we've finished second to them so many times in my <laughs> life, and to yeah. go up all the way to Manchester to pay all that money 
to get that pissed and to lose to another podcast would be bad enough, but to lose to one of them was was god awful. Her body wasn't happy. Body was not happy. Uh, <laughs> we will. I'll offer my apologies as the host of the Fighting Cop podcast to people there who. Um, experienced how unhappy Bardi was at the time. <laughs> I won't say any more than that. Uh, but apologies to the people that organised the event, uh, to the people that went into the, the, the podcast category and everyone else who experienced his vitriol. I won't say any more than that, genuinely. Um, yeah, so anyway, we had a great time, fantastic time. Again, stuff. We did record a before and after podcast. <laughs> uh, we, we listened to it the next day and thought, there's no way we can put that out. <laughs> Bitter bastards would, would be the way I'd I'd describe the the second half of that podcast. Just angry. How what, long was it then? How, what did you recall? Only like uh, about half an hour now. No, about fifteen, about 10, 15 minutes of just um, just, just bitterness. The first, the first, the first part of it was good. It was all like we're really happy to be here. It's a great thing to be awarded. Do you remember yeah. when we first set up? Yeah. We were just in a pub and you could hear the squeaking of people's doors when you know recording and stuff. And then the second half of the podcast was like, how fucking dare they? <laughs> how dare they? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was a little bit probably unfair. The stuff we said, so uh, you'll never hear that. That would be it. It's gone into the vaults of. It, um, might, it might be like a Tupac dies, though. You know, it might just come out like years later. When we're all dead. <laughs> well, yeah. You reckon that the weight of the fire cops will li- live on that long? When I yeah, die, so yeah. I was, I was, I was composed. I was. Uh, it was basically Barney. He was the least composed. <laughs> who? Uh, it, well, and, and the fact that every time. I asked Ricky a question on the podcast. Imagine that we were recording it for people to listen to. He'd start talking and then suddenly stop and just go, fuck off. Just fuck off. <laughs> and I'm like, what? That was funny. Do you remember? What? It was like he just got fed up and instead of making his point, just told me to fuck off. That's the way to do a podcast. Um, okay. But yeah, that's that. That was that done. We want to say congratulations to Addicted to Spurs, who won Best Premier League blog, or no, just Best Football blog. Wow. Yeah. Well Did well. Which is incredible. Um, and sorry for trying to snatch the award away from you as you walk past. Um, it's a team effort, though, right? We're all we're all part yeah, of the same club, exactly. same cause. Uh, that's right, actually. That's a good point there, Charlie. It's a bit, it's a bit sort of yeah, a bit ungrateful, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you very much uh, to for inviting us up, and you know, if you want to invite us back next year, unlike, <laughs> unlikely. Yeah, don't if, unless we're going to win. Uh, also, massive reaction to the to the podcast last week. I think. Um, it was this was the Enoch out and the trust special, if you like. Um, I don't think we've ever had a reaction like that ever from a podcast that we've created. Um, the trust got hundreds and hundreds of new sign-ups. Um, there was a huge interest in the Enoch out Twitter account, and uh, a few complaints about why we didn't challenge um, <coughs> Neil from Enoch out too much. And it was really not. It, this isn't a debate show unless someone really upsets us. We're not going to. We're not going to challenge people and, uh, and try and pick apart their arguments. In the same way, when we invited people on who were critical of the 1882 movement, we weren't there to, to attack them. We were there to give them a platform because their opinion's valid. And someone who started and created an in-account movement or, or, or Twitter account, their opinions are valid, and this is just a platform for them to voice their, their opinion. So that's all it was, really. We weren't there to kind of shout at them and pick, pick apart his... Well, it would have been would have been a five hour long podcast if he just said, "Well, you said this," and you know. Yeah, but it isn't news night. It's not news night. It's any anyone with uh, an opinion and some weight behind them 
can come on the podcast and talk about what the, the things that they want to talk about. Now that he's not here, what do you all think? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can. I, 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 <laughs> I agree with a lot, of, lot, lot of the frustrations that you pointed yeah, out. To be honest, no. some you know StubHub, uh, the MK stuff that's been mooted, um, Stratford, Stratford. The, all of these are things that, that have happened during this current administration. Uh, and it leaves a sour taste, but I can understand why people don't want him out. Oh, how, how, where are you? Um, I think I'm somewhere in the middle, which is the most boring answer you could give. But most people, I don't like. think I'm sort of ready to make a poster and sort of turn up at White Hart Lane with a yeah. with a flag, sort of asking for Daniel Levy's head. But at the same time, there's definitely some discontent brewing. I think you know, despite relative league success to what we you know what we've been used to the last sort of 20 odd years I think it's almost sort of more jarring that despite us finishing in the top six for <clears throat> X amount of years there's still this sort of dark mood that seems to be hanging over the club which I think is quite curious really where are you speak I am not in the middle I'm, I'm, I've always you know Levy's done what he's done financially and, you, and you've got to give him credit for that but I think people are disappointed <coughs> in the fact that I think we could have done more, even though sometimes when you compare us to Chelsea and City, you think how much more can we actually do? Yeah. We're not really, we're not, we, we haven't got the clout that these clubs have got. But we have had seasons where we have missed out on Champions League by a point, For and we've lost. You know, yeah, and, it, and you, it, it does make you think if the right players were ball, and then it gets, it gets, it starts getting muddled because you can say we have spent money. He has backed managers. We have bought players. We have spent a lot of money on players. But it's it's the backing of the actual coach and what happens in house because I always yeah. feel that the manager leaves because of something that happens behind closed doors. Mm. AVB did he walk? Did he have a breakdown? Did it? We don't know. And it's that it's that element that falls at the feet of Daniel Levy at the end of the day. He's responsible. He's accountable. We don't really know what the director of football is meant to do. There's just there's all this talk about philosophies, whether it's the current coach or previous coaches and. There's not really that much faith a lot of people, in it. So a, a lot of people have been saying that, you know, look at where we were when Enoch took over to where we are now. But if you're mm. in a in a relationship that's gone sour ten years down the line, you don't stay in it because the nine years previous to the, the moment it's gone sour was, was, was great. You try and do something new. Introduce anal sex on a Thursday. Well, Just, I don't know, go, go to South End for the day. Yeah. <laughs> just, do, do, just do something... <laughs> New and, and, and I think it's because it's this cycle of repetition. It's the same <clears throat> thing, and, and people are getting really tired of the whole fact that there's this emphasis on we buy players young and cheap. They're potentially great players. We make them into great players. We sell them off for profit, and that is probably the way we are able to then go out and buy the next big superstar for ten million and then mm. sell him for forty million. That is the model. Now, either that's a harsh reality that we're stuck in, that we're not accepting of. Or it's something that Levy can do more to break away from. So, but, you know, you see, like, Letico Madrid, they sold Costa, they bought Mandzukic and they bought in um, Griezmann. Mm. Now, they sell good players and they're personally good players. There's many, many other clubs. I think Dortmund have done it as well with... Um, I think they got Immobile. But yeah. besides the point... Southampton did it. Well, yeah. We'll yeah. come on to that. Yeah, but... Um, mm. I'm just it, saying, we don't, seem, we don't seem to always do this. And more recently, we've done it less... It's, it's this thing, just quickly, that Levy always seems to have a buffer between him and the coach, and it almost feels like this director of football, whatever he's meant to do, is he there to support the coach, 
Is he there as a, as a head of scouting? Is he? It's that kind Again, of thing we'll, that no one we'll understands. On we'll definitely come on to that. Um, uh, yeah, so it was a huge reaction to the last podcast. Uh, thank you very much for downloading it. All the kind words. Um, you know, that's essentially. It was what, brilliant. It was, yeah, a really, it, was it was a really important sort of piece of podcasting. It felt that like sounds when, silly, but it was. Yeah, but, but being here and, and listening to them talk because we didn't really say much, did we? See me and you, especially me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You did go missing. I did. Um, but, Thursday. But the, f- <laughs> the fact is, is that it, it, you don't always need to get involved. I didn't feel the need to actually spout my opinion, other than on the education that I did. It was just sitting back and letting people talk, and, mm. and that's why it was a, an interesting podcast. Um, okay, so um, I think Charlie, given what's happened to you, and I'm talking about an hour of your life, essentially, um, it happened in Madrid. It did. Did it happen in a hotel room? It didn't. It happened in a sort of sports centre. Was there any poppers involved? <laughs> there weren't. There was some uh, Spanish omelette and yeah. some really nice donuts, which the sports centre laid on as well. Fantastic. So it was, nice. it was really nice. Yeah. You work for the Telegraph magazine. I do. Yeah. And um, you spent some time with the legend that is Gareth Bale. I did. Yeah. The other week, I went out to Madrid to interview him for a cover story that's going to be on the magazine's cover this Saturday. So make sure you go out and buy the Telegraph on yep. Saturday. Um, and yeah, it was a bit like I think I made this joke to you on on Twitter, Vlad. But it's a bit like going to visit the love of your life after she's left you for a much richer, more <laughs> handsome man, yeah. and going to stay with them at their new house oh. and hearing about how happy they are since they left you. Oh god! But they were also. I'd, again, I was I was saying to you boys just before, but I made a point of not really saying to Bale that I was a Spurs fan, so that he wouldn't sort of tailor his responses, wouldn't tailor yeah. his responses and give me all these sort of easy answers about how much he loves Tottenham. See, that's what a good journalist does. I would have gone in running, running, <laughs> running in with my pants down. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I let my guard down, I mean, I handed him a shirt at the end from his first season, like <laughs> squad number sixteen, when he was like a. Child, which is the act of a. He looked terrified. He was like, wow, number 16, I've not seen that in a while. Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> um, the glory days. But okay. yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was amazing. It's slightly depressing. Again, I was saying to you boys, like, you know, Harry Kane's our bail now, which is sort of a bit miserable. But, um, yeah. you know, he, he spoke very fondly of Spurs, so I sort of got that out of it. What, yeah, what, what, what did he say? I mean, what was the what what was his overall opinion on Tottenham? Did it feel genuine? It, it, it did feel genuine. He spoke about the club a lot, and he spoke about some of his managers. Um, he's got an awful lot of affection for AVB. Was one of the things that I picked up. He sort of spoke. What was that? Their personal relationship or their personal relationship? He said he he gave him the confidence to believe that he could be a sort of top level player. He sort of. <laughs> Gave him the idea of playing through the middle and becoming the sort of Roy the Rovers figure that he he ended up being. Because Redknapp was the first player to play him against Norwich, I think it was the first time he played in the middle. Yeah, he he, he spoke about that. But he said AVB was the one that said, "This is your position now. This is if you're <coughs> going to fulfil your potential. This is this is where you're going to play." He, he was he was he was generous about Redknapp. He said he wouldn't be he is what. He wouldn't be where he is if it wasn't for Redknapp. He said he he needed that kick up the ass that Redknapp gave him when he arrived and. He sort of intimated that he, you know, had not really been fulfilling his potential and perhaps coasting a bit. And Redknapp came in and said, "Look, this is what you need to be doing." I think uh, a lot of people were quite annoyed, myself included, at Bell when he left. I felt that he owed us one more. He didn't owe us. I mean, what, what does any player owe a club that plucks him from another club? 
i.e. Southampton again. Um, <laughs> but 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 what what was his? I mean, it, what, was he desperate to leave? Do you, do, what can you gather he, from that? He again, like I don't know he's, if he's just being sort of savvy and clever and says, but he said, had it not been Madrid, he would have found it very very hard to believe that he ever would have left Tottenham. Oh God. Which, Why did you ask him this? <laughs> it's almost worse, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot worse. I feel really Which, depressed now. I mean, I'd, you know, I'd, what, what I did get was that his affection for Madrid is a genuine thing. Like, you know, those pictures of him wearing a Real Madrid shirt as a boy, that's not, that's not bullshit. That's, you know, that's for real. And when you put it in that context, you know, you can't... You can't uh, I, I felt myself receiving closure from the situation when, you know, it's a guy's... Sort of ultimate dreams to play mm. for this club. I'm fighting back tears here. It was it was pretty it was pretty rough. And he and he said how he made a point of saying about how after the Champions League final he was looking through his social media stuff and talking to his social media people and they were showing him loads and all the all the stuff that had come through on Twitter from Spurs fans. And he said he found it amazing that instead of the usual short sort of you know we hate you we're going to burn your shirts and blah blah blah. You know, ninety-nine percent of it from Tottenham fans was, we're really proud of you. You know, well done. You know, we've watched the final and been rooting for you, and you scored the sort of decisive goal in a Champions League final. And you know, we've sort of been there from the beginning, or whatever. And he said that, you know, that showed Tottenham fans class. He felt. Well, we felt like um, <clears throat> we were on a journey with him, you know, because you know, yeah, there's a twenty-four games he didn't win, mm. and we still cheered him. I think he had his first start. That January against... No, not his first ever start, but I think he started against um, Peterborough in the FA Cup third round. You know that game, and the fans cheered him all the way through. Yeah. And, I, and I think he seemed to appreciate that. I mean, every game, it was stay, stay behind and clap the fans. So, I think, yeah, there's a bit of an affection. Absolutely. There. I, I, we were talking about whether or not he still watches the Premier League, and he, he says he really enjoys watching on a Saturday afternoon. He's not watching Tottenham, then. He's <laughs> <laughs> watching Southampton. Especially if it's on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> and... Um, he said, yeah, because they, they play so often in, at night in, in Spain, yeah. so he gets the chance to watch. And uh, he said how interesting it is watching as an outsider and asked him if, he, if it's interesting watching because he doesn't have any sort of partisan loyalties anymore. And he suddenly went very quiet and very serious and said, no, I, I want Arsenal to lose and I want Tottenham to win. That's, that's how I am. He said that? He said that, yeah. Is that in print? In that's in own? the print. That's in the print. That's in print, yeah. And it goes against what you said before. What? He's rumoured to be an Arsenal fan, he's, isn't he? He's not though, because I, I, I know from someone bleep that he's he's a Madrid fan and was a Madrid fan as a young kid. I think the Arsenal. Whatever, stuff. what he said now, it's in print, it's in it's the Telegram. Yeah. <laughs> so it Fuck counts more than your your rumours. All right, whatever you're saying, no more rumours. <laughs> no, it's, it's his negativity. It's no, his I'm negativity. Not, I'm not being negative at all. You are. You're saying Bringing he's a the, Guna. The, you said he's an Arsenal fan just then. Well, we... Why are you doing this to people? People <laughs> download this and listen to them. They don't want to know this information? No. It's your information. It destroys you and eats you away. You don't want to spread You're this spreading cancer to other exactly. people. You're spreading it. Do you want to like, go outside and have a think about what's yeah, going on? Yeah, I'm just going to have this drink here. Like some sort of <laughs> infe- about what I've said. infected se- sex pest. That's what you're like. It's <laughs> 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 a good podcast episode. Is that the title? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, I mean, it must have been an amazing experience. But one of the sections where you was talking about his favourite goals for Spurs, and you asked me whether I could guess his favourite goal, and I came up with the his first free kick against the Arsenal. I think it was his second goal for Spurs, mm. maybe his first. 
Free kick is Arsenal. That's that was like Fulham. Four, was it? His, his first goal was the way of no, Fulham and then 3-3, I think. 3-3, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that, it's a 3-1, yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't that. It wasn't Sunderland. It wasn't against... Um, which he, he spoke about when I, I said about the sort of curse of his 24 games and he laughed and said... He always says this when anyone brings this up. He was like, I actually started my Spurs career really, really, really well. I scored a couple of goals. He scored in the, in the derby. He looked fantastic playing playing on the left and then he got injured for eight months and you know it was never yeah. really the same guy for a long time after that but um, yeah I remember the injury I like the fact that he's still got a chip on his shoulder about the 24 games and <laughs> it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a freak occurrence it wasn't anything it, to do yeah. with him at all I think he got injured against Newcastle yeah uh, mm. down, he went that was one of the old last games yeah it was Zambebitov wouldn't come off the bench that's right oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah terrible um, yeah but so can you guys guess what he's it, it wasn't um did you say Arsenal. just a minute ago? It wasn't Arsenal. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't West Ham. You guess what game? I said West Ham. Yeah, it wasn't that. He mentioned West Ham, but it's not the West Ham. What's his favourite goal for Spurs? Inter Milan. No. Nope. Um, one more. You got one guess, Spook. I can't think, mate. All I can think of the the, the ones he scored against Arsenal. Actually, we're not going to tell you. Buy the Telegraph on yeah. Saturday. <laughs> Buy on Saturday. <laughs> read it online. <laughs> Find out. Um, I'll give you a clue. It's an away game in his final season. So you can guess, maybe tweet in. I've turned into a sort of Saturday morning TV presenter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, You'll win a sandwich or something. It's a, it's, it, it's it's a brilliant goal, of course. It is, it is a fantastic goal. Uh, yeah, the Telegraph magazine buy it from all good news agents and bad ones as well. And bad, bad ones. ones. Bad ones we're moving on so Stoke <laughs> <laughs> Stoke uh, uh, well look obviously we're not going to talk about the Stoke game in depth but obviously the last two weeks well, 10 days since the Stoke game happened it feels like an age ago um, there's a lot being said a lot of anger um, part of the Enoch Out podcast last week was was to do with that but, but where do you feel we go from here it was almost good that there was a break because this weekend would have been such a close gap uh, a close amount of space between when that last game happened it would have been hard to recover but then all the players have gone away on international duty what, what, where do you think we go? I don't know I think it would have been good to have a game just to kind of get the taste out of your mouth you know just the quicker the games come around the, the better but um, I think we might I, I reckon the fans may well pull together they might I don't, know what, I don't know what the catalyst will be to make that happen but I've got a feeling that in the outcome of all this, maybe the fans will all pull together and get behind the team. I think it's good it's an away game. I think yes. after everything Adebayor said and the atmosphere in the ground last Saturday, I think it's good that the, the, the players get to go to away Hull. from home. To Hull. I, I, what, what really is going to interest me, as of course it will, but what's really going to intrigue me is the team he puts out, whether or not there's wholesale changes. Because really, apart from the odd sort of tinkering here and there with the front four and sort of central actually most of the team but whether or not there's wholesale changes whether or not people like Stambouli suddenly get a go whether or not we see another centre-back pairing who plays up front whether we play more more of a defensive 11 I think that's what's intriguing me well that's that's something that frustrates me is that after every defeat <clears throat> he says the same things like oh you know the mentality of some of the players and he picks the same players who are playing crap over and over again so it is interesting to see how we'll against Hull. Then mm. Bele was interviewed um, when he was with Belgium, and, and I think this is where the, the whole crisis thing came from as well, because he said when they get back from international duty, they're all going to group together the players and have, a, and have a discussion about why they think they're playing re- badly. You should just watch some of the videos of the matches and tell them all they need to know. But he didn't use the word crisis. He was just, I guess he was just 
answering a question that was put to him mm. in the most diplomatic way possible, which is fair enough. But it's, good, it's good that they're feeling like they need to do that, I suppose. Well, I mean, one or two, I mean... good Ad- that they have to, but it's good that they are. Well, exactly. I mean, Adi Bayoy wasn't the right person to say it, but, you know, a lot of people made the point of if, if it was Lloris who said it, people mm. would have said, oh, about time, we've got a leader who's, you know, taking the initiative here. I think, I think what we've found this season is that we're getting repeated sound bites from these key players... Um, after defeats and yeah. poor performances, but we're, we're never seeing anything on the pitch. And now there's there's suggestions that maybe the players are not understanding the instructions are being given. Um, I, been, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, this is like AVB all over again. It's mm. like what's so difficult about getting out there and, and showing? A, I mean, are you so constrained in, in the way you're playing football that you cannot express yourself enough to show a bit of spirit? Well, it's, guile, it's just, it I suppose it's, it's, for me it's one of two things and both are worrying. It's either that our manager has given up on the philosophy and the style that made his name or this group of players just are not Can't listening to a word he says. Or then they're just not, or capable, just not playing capable of it. So he's, yeah. given, you know, so he's just said, right, we'll go out and run around a bit. I think uh, it, it's two things. One, one, when he started off at Southampton, he was in a position where it was a difficult one because... What's, he, what's the guy's Adkins. name? Who? Nice he was in... Uh, I mean, the fans loved him. There was a bit of an uproar when he was gone and it turned out to be the right right decision. But he was in a position where he couldn't really lose. He was bringing in a, a, a different philosophy and saying, look, if you play my way, we will stay in this and uh, in this league and we will do well. It's different. It's, 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 a, it's a complete different kettle of fish coming to uh, to a club like Tottenham who don't have to go from <clears throat> poor to to average or poor to above average. We've got to go from above average to brilliant in order mm. to finish in the top top half. Uh, sorry, top top four. And in order to do that, it's, it's such a difficult thing to do. It's, it's, it's almost an impossible thing to do without spending tons of money. A change in philosophy at the club isn't going to isn't going to make make that change happen overnight. You said something on uh, WhatsApp a couple of days ago. You you said fuck it, give him until the end of the season and then review the season. So give him three seasons. Years. Well, yeah, you said three three seasons. I, I guess what we're doing at the minute is that we're analysing every single game, and after every single game, we're either having a meltdown or we're thinking, yes, finally, this is the football we want to be watching, and and then we do it again, and we do it again, and then yeah. you know people go mental about it and they stop pointing the finger, blame who's to blame. At the end of the day, he's inherited... I've said this about a million times. He's, it's not his players. It's looking like most of the players bought, were bought for a manager who wanted X players and he got Y players. So they're like a mismatch of footballers that don't quite fit into any particular system unless we brought in someone like Harry Redknapp who would just get them to play football and that would last for 10 months and then it would just... But that won't even work now because we don't have an outstanding player. To I think that's my problem with this squad is that they're all like... Six and a half out of ten. Apart from our goalkeeper, they're all like six Much and a half out of ten. Yeah. My, 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 leaders my, either, my wife it? watched Spurs the other day and she doesn't watch a lot of football. And she made quite a salient point, I think, which sometimes non-football watchers can make when they watch football. They see it from a sort of different angle to, to the rest of us. God, they're shit. Basically, God, they're shit. And <laughs> she's sort of only really got gotten into watching Tottenham since sort of being with me, so sort of five years. And she said, they're all just the same. All of them are the same. <laughs> like, you used to watch Tottenham. She said, I used to be able to point at the best ones. It was either, like, really? Modric or Bale yeah. or sort of Rafa at times or mm-hmm. Ledley. And she said, now they're just like... The, just like 
sort of Apple bloke. They're just all like yeah, the yeah. same guy, just the same. Mm. Do you think that it's that, that perhaps we some people try and look at it too com- in, in too too complicated fashion, and maybe the Redknapp philosophy of it's all about the players you have. You have good players, you do well. I just think sh- I just think what's so disappointing for me is that I saw more sign of a system being implemented on tour in the US than I do now. Mm. Like we seem to be doing the, it's, the it's a lot press. More, yeah, but that's like that's like playing. Literally amateur football. I, I, totally, not, not, totally. But sorry, there's sorry, no... Sorry, Charlie, I, I've got <laughs> sorry, to apologise to a, a US fans. Uh, I'm not saying American football is amateurish. It's, pre, it's pre-season, I'm I don't want to Yeah, no one's... That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they look. They seem to look fitter in those matches than they, they do now. That's that's my concern. They seem to be applying themselves better it seemed like in it was a system. November. It was a system. Yeah. It, there, there was something going on, and... and I, I want to know what's happened to this high-pressing system. What, why has it been abandoned? And, and, and I, I think that without being able to pick Pochettino's brains, it can only be that he doesn't believe that the players we have can do it. Can do it. And, yeah. and maybe only Mason, out of the whole mm. team, he's looked at Mason and brought him in and he's now a starter in everybody's books. He should start every game. Well, as Windy said, he's the only one who can follow the instructions to, to press he's, and, and he's, to pass the ball quickly. Which, seems, which is utterly miserable. I mean, really. he's looked I at mean, it's so depressing. When you've got £100 million pounds worth yeah. of players who, who can't do, do well, that. Well, he's looked at our midfield and he's chosen Mason as the best player who's able to, uh, uh, to implement his philosophy. And if that's the case, then you have to give him three years or, or yeah. two years because then he'll get rid of well, who he wants and if, bring him... If, quickly, if that's the case, it makes a mockery of Levy and Baldini and the whole... It makes a mockery of this summer, because they knew the manager that they had. And granted, I, I, think, I think they, like like you said, Spirit, I think they went out for Schneidlin and whoever yeah. and ended up with sort of, you know, Stombouli, etc. Yeah, and they weren't the players. But, second. you know, there are other players in the, in the world of football that can surely implement a new manager system better than the ones that they've As got. Southampton have done with Yeah, absolutely. But the problem Spurs have, and some of our fans have, is that we'll see another team doing well and we'll just try and... For example, Seville were beaten all before them. We take their manager. Apparently, the director of football was a catalyst and not the manager. Yeah. Um, we take Pochettino because Southampton are playing good football. I think we're just going to replicate what they do. We got their um, recruiting bloke, whoever the fuck it is. Paul Mitchell, we're going to come on to it. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that we'll, we get that, but they're working in, they're working in a different club, a different mentality. Mm. And it won't, we're not going to replicate the success of Southampton. And I'll, t- I'll tell you. And so, just say. People talking about his philosophy. We don't have the players to follow it. So it's yeah. not so sort of we're last playing a high pressing game. But Capu, I think any one of us can outrun him. <laughs> so he's not really going to be this high. Not going to be this high pressing, high intensity team. He seems to like him. But anyway, go on. To I was just going to say that I think the disconnect is that Levy probably has um, his hands in the football pie more than he should. Well, there's it's quotes it, from Camoli today that suggests that he might be influencing. Sort of where players play or the stuff about really? Camoli's a shit I mean, Camoli's hawking himself around for a job, but he didn't need. I mean, I might be wrong, so maybe not. But didn't need to talk about Bale, sort of, and Levy wanted him to play at left midfield because they were looking at all these stats, and data, yeah. data, and then sorry. they signed Van der Vaart. Yeah, yeah, based on data. Anyway, yeah, no, I, was, I was just going to say that I think there's a disconnect in that he's he's involved in it, and therefore. They're um, reactive um, to, to certain things on a footballing um, to do with the football side of things, rather than maybe him sitting back and saying, "You know what? I will financially back you if 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 Baldini comes to me and goes, yeah, these are good players. You're not wasting your money here.' As long as all um, 
all the attention is on the coach and his staff and, and the scouting system and whatever else. Rather, at the minute, it just feels like it's Levy managing, yeah. like a general manager of the football club. Mm. And he doesn't know a lot about football. OK, so today, uh, Paul Mitchell handed in his, um, his notice. That's a weird expression. You, as you tweeted out, you don't hear that often in football, do you? What does Can it mean? they do that? So you resign? He probably had a conversation with Southampton <clears> and said, oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I want to leave, how, how should we do this? Well, why, would he, why would he leave? I don't get it. Money. Why? He's probably... But he's going to be like travel or quadruple Have you wage. seen Hotspur HQ, Hotspur Way? It's pretty awesome. Uh, do you know what, T? I think everybody comes to Tottenham thinking that they've made it or they they can make a difference. Which is why can't they see why they're so fucking seeing? comfortable when we don't do it. But anything. and also like if you if you're the guy that cracks it, if you're the guy that cracks Tottenham, yeah. like you're made for life. And I know we're all laughing that's ridiculous. We're no, never going to be. That's a very bad analogy. That would be my Let's let's uh, we'll, we'll, anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll the, go on to uh, the to brilliant what? the brilliant article by uh, Jeremy Wilson. That's right. Yeah. So we'll go on to um, uh, Paul Mitchell and what you guys think of him and perhaps why he's come I don't to know us. Who he is. Well, no, this is pretty much why I'm doing this. So, um, yeah, th- a lot of this information is, is com- comes from Jeremy Wilson's article. It was in the Terragon. It was, that's brilliant. Article. Really good article. <coughs> uh, Paul, uh, Paul Mitchell was essentially, he was at Southampton for three years. He, he kind of quit football after an injury at 27. He's now 33. So he's been out of the game playing-wise six years. Um, and he's essentially in charge of recruitment or player recruitment at Southampton, or he has been. Um, he he was the person who made the decisions on the reinvestment of 65 million of the 95 million that they received in the summer this year, and obviously as, you, as we've all seen, the Saints are flying. Hopefully but, that leftover money wasn't the money they spent on Tadic and Pella, the good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he uh, so so not only does he kind of uh, buy players, but he chooses which ones to sell sell as well. Um, so apparently he hasn't been brought in not to re- uh, he has he's been brought in not to replace Baldini because he doesn't have this this global network of, of scouts and information based on players elsewhere. But he's been there to analyse um, what the, the ability of the players as they come in and what role they could fulfil. He also is going to analyse the current squad um, and, and decide which and who should essentially be making making the. the the, the match day squad and why they should be there and if the decision is going to be made to sell a player why um, the best example of this was Chambers uh, going to Arsenal he knew that they had a better fullback in Nathan Klein um, and so selling him for 16 million made sense so you're thinking well how does he know this they weren't going to keep Chambers but how, how, does, how does he know this and, and apparently according to this article when I was reading this I was going what the fuck my brain was like exploding this is, this is like something straight out of James Bond. Listen to this. Um, at Southampton, he has overseen an entire department dedicated to this science, i.e. choosing players based on their, on their ability uh, and their use in the squad. In a large open-plan room at the club's new development centre, there are literally ten computer screens of matches being watched throughout the day by full-time Whoa, staff. Oh, they're illegally what? streaming. I love, fo- I love literally ten. See if it is ten or fucking is ten. <laughs> in another corner, what a job it, as well. In another corner is the base for a team of scouts who physically get out and identify potential players right away from the st- for, right away from the age of five upwards. These include men like Rod Rudrick. Uh, who, oh, sorry, Ruddick, who spotted Gareth Bale at age eight when he played six size tournament. Um, the most intriguing element of this department, though, is what is known as the black box. Is this known as the black box in the club or by a press? 
You don't know. They must come from the club. They'll be pleased with themselves. It's a small room with a phone. I hope it's red. I hope. A desk and a row of chairs that faces a giant screen. Southampton designed their own computer software that is used in this room, and with just a few clicks, Mitchell and his team could be watching any player, team, or target anywhere in the world, no matter what they're doing. They could be in a club doing blow. They could be doing anything. Click on a button and there. <laughs> Blow. Right, anyway, any, uh, search for uh, Mitchell and his team could be watching. Uh, blah, blah. Um, yet, the black box is not used solely for identifying players, but also analysing Southampton's own squad and future op- opponents. For example, when Woolwich, sorry, Arsenal, offered £16 million for Callum Chambers during the summer, part of Southampton's decision making was based on the assessment that they, they already had a superior right back in Nathan, Nathaniel Klein. Uh, Mitchell believes the black box uh, really was something unique to Southampton. This is making him sound a little bit weird, isn't it? Exactly. Anyway, I'm going to carry on because it is interesting. It's not just recruitment. That's where the theory started. But I've seen the power of that room and to sit with Fraser Forster and Dave Watson, the goalkeeping coach, <laughs> is going through the pre and post-match with him to uh, or to deliver to a young player we potentially want to sign into the academy and have him sat there with mum and dad and go through a visual presentation. So to say why, we sh- why you should ch- uh, choose Southampton, that is a powerful platform. So what we're getting is a megalomaniac, nightmare kind of uh, Levy-esque, information crazy. Well, it's like that room that Charles Xavier's got in the X-Men where he just, <laughs> like, just plugs, in. plugs in and then he sees every, every mutant. We Can see every, every potential new Gareth Bell across the country. But without a black box, what is he? He's just a bloke. But he's going to... He's got no black box. He's the manager of the black he's gonna box. What's he going to do? He's going to have to develop this software for Tottenham. Isn't I think... I think which doesn't sound like an easy SM, like CMS job. <laughs> I think he... Uh, <laughs> I think he will... Um, if this is true... It, I mean, obviously, it's, it, a lot of that was quotes directly from, from Paul Mitchell, but um, he would have to create something similar. I, I just think that if we're giving our manager <laughs> or head coach someone that he's worked with before, that he's comfortable with and that he trusts... This is a good thing. That's that's my bottom line thought on it. I think if you can surround your sort of number one guy, and you know, if we're, we're assuming our head coach is that person, and we're giving him every tool he needs to try and succeed, I think good, good for good for the club. I think it's good. He's, ba- he's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and if he's got special software in a special little room that he it's likes to go into, it's not his software. It's Southampton software. They can design new software. Hey, better software. <laughs> Do you see what happened when uh, Sports Interactive left Activision? They created Football Manager. And <laughs> Activision. It, it wasn't Activision. No, Codemasters. <laughs> it doesn't matter where it it's from. They, they went, to, they went to Sega and made something better. They made stronger. something better. And Paul Mitchell is Miles Jacobs. We I, I, are Sega. Char- Charlie's right about that. We're back in the coach, and that must be that's a, a that's positive. Good thing. That's a good thing, but. We're, we're, we're meant to be Tottenham fucking Hotspur. Could we not have just settled back ten years ago and thought about doing this and thinking that's we're going to build Tottenham way? We're, we're going to we build do. an academy, a, a new training centre that's going to be state of the art. Ain't got any computers there. <laughs> <laughs> they're running him in a weird little dark room with yeah. a couple of chairs and a box of tissues. Just, it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it seems wrong that we're just stealing shit from. Other that's people. what we do. Exactly. We steal stuff from Southampton. Why is that weird? It's, we've always done that. That's normal. What we do is we take their good shit and make it bad. That's what the uh, <laughs> yeah. Latin stands for. 
Yeah. <laughs> 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 to copy is to <laughs> good to bad. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It was really interesting. I, I, when I read it, I was fascinated. Um, all I could say is it does sound a little bit ridiculous, but he's got a track record. No one expected the players that Southampton were signing this summer, based on what they sold, to be able to perform in the way that but they is, did. Is this not concentrating on youth? I think he's all, all around it. All, all around. But then they, they also... I mean, the other thing, you know, without wanting to sort of piss on the bonfire a bit, he... Um, you know, Southampton have spent an awful lot of money on very average players that they've since gotten rid of. Players like Ramirez and Osvaldo, <coughs> and yeah. the Japanese centre half who's still there but not very good, and lots of other players that quite a few journalists have been bringing up today when everyone's been championing this sort of seeming appointment. But also, they've got they've got a Baldini, they've got a Les Reed, and Kuman has been credited with signing Pella and Tadic and yeah. the players that have really made an impact. So, I mean, we just don't know. It doesn't do mean we? anything. It doesn't really. mean anything. Who knows? He's got his yeah. social I mean, room, he's got all his videos. Essentially, his... We, we need Kuman. Kuman as I well. I think, I can't yeah. remember who it was, but <laughs> someone tweeted during the Stoke game saying, I look forward to Ronald Kuman yeah. sort of residing over a 3-1 Spurs home defeat to... Stoke in sort of September 2015. I, 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 I mean, I, I, something horribly. I tweeted this this year that uh, uh, earlier on a couple of months ago, saying that I'm looking forward to Kuman being sacked in February 2015. Yeah. This is it's the pro- just, this is the nature of our club. I suppose this, this is the issue in that. And who <laughs> makes these decisions? Daniel Levy. He's the he's the you know if the fish stinks, it stinks at the head. That's quite profound. Mm. It's, that's a it's a cliche proverb. <laughs> but do we? I mean, whether. I, we could go and win on Saturday 3 0. Sunday 3 0. Sorry, always Sunday, never oh, Saturday. No. How many years must well, I go? Bowser's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I'm only saying. Um, yeah, it would, be, it would be all coming up roses, wouldn't it? Exactly. I mean, look at the Villa game, you know. Mm. But then it's that only sort of stop the rot for a week. Yeah, I mean, as Charlie said, it is um, an indication that we are backing the manager and that we are trying to <clears throat> give him creature comforts by bringing Paul Mitchell in. Hopefully, it does have a positive effect. I mean, Southampton, when they got promoted, we thought they were just going to make up the numbers. Um, people like Jay Rodriguez and um, Lambert. Pochettino did improve these players, and if we can bring another element of what makes Southampton so good, then. Then you know, hopefully it works out. What we need is, is something we're not going to get. We're not going to get Levy come out with one of his legendary uh, like um, club announcement letters to the fans, open letters where he here say, "Calm down, I'm backing the manager. He's got a contract for three years. It's going to take a couple of years to get us back to a, a really competitive level again." You can't say that because it might go to shit. And, and he's, if he's got, got, and he's got, got no, no track record of. So, sticking to that, or yeah, that exactly. Being his so way. he can't, and, and this is, and, and I guess this is where we're forever left in this dark place where we don't really know what he's thinking, we don't really know what's going to happen, and it is a self fulfilling prophecy because we always end up wishing the, the coach to leave in, in a kind of indirect way. Yeah, when we all give up, then they give up, players give up, and then we, we reboot. What's going to be really shit for us, the fighting cock, is when Paul Mitchell joins Arsenal or something in, in, in the next couple of days. Don't say that. It's going to happen, isn't it? It's, it's not, yeah, it's not being confirmed. No. <laughs> All he's done is, and he's noticing. Could happen. We could go anyway. has, he, has he even officially done that? To be, to, I don't know. Know. Every, I know everyone's reporting it. So Sky Sports are reporting yeah. it, so it must be true. Your mates at Sky Sports. Oh, God. All right, that's it for the first half of the Fighting Cock podcast. We've now got Windy. Windy, 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 windy,
Hi, this is Windy, back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with loan players, Jordan Archer played for Northampton Town as they lost 2-1 at Cambridge on Friday night. Shaq Colthurst was an unused sub for Southend, and Thomas Lagamel was an unused sub for Bari. Kenny McAvoy has been recalled from his loan spell at Peterborough. I think that's due to lack of playing time, as he made eight appearances for the League One team, although only three of them were starts. There were no under-18 or under-21 fixtures for Spurs this week, due to the international week, but Tom Carroll played 90 minutes and Alex Pritchard was a 79th-minute sub, with Harry Kane being an unused sub, as England under-21s beat Portugal 3-1. They'll also play against France on Monday evening, and I'd expect Kane to start that one. Kenny McAvoy played the first half of the Republic of Ireland under-21 loss against USA. Dominic Ball was a 23rd-minute sub for the England under-20s in their two-all draw with Canada, and then started the match against Portugal on Monday. Philippe Lesniak played the full game and scored the opener as Slovakia under-19s beat Azerbaijan 4-1 on Wednesday. He was in a 67th-minute sub as they completed their UEFA under-19 qualifying round, beating Hungary 3-0. Kyle Walker-Peters played 90 minutes and Josh Adamer came off the bench on 79, as England under-18s beat Poland 3-2 on Saturday. Then on Monday, against the same team, Onoma played 83 minutes and Walker-Peters was a 72nd-minute sub in a 4-1 win. That's it for this week, but if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Welcome back to the Fighting Cock. Thank you very much, Windy. Let's go, champ! Let's go, champ! <laughs> I was screaming at you when you was passed out at the uh, awards tea. <laughs> Really? I, I never knew, like we spent we spent about maybe <clears throat> at least a month talking about it. Yeah. And you kept waking up during the ceremony going, What is this? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> like T we've been talking about this. You know what we're doing here. I don't know why I asked that. Um You were very bad drunk. Yeah. I, I I was aggressive. I didn't know you were so aggressive. I'm not normally, I'm normally quite a loving guy. Um the Fighting Cock is sponsored by Calm. 12 men a day commit suicide. It's thought that it's because we don't talk about our problems. If you're feeling sad or low, talk to someone. It doesn't have to be someone you know. Calm have an helpline open between 5pm and midnight. The number is 0808 802 5858. They also have a web chat that's open at the same time. Visit their website, thecalmzone.net. I always mess that up. I've been reading that out for two years yeah and I mess it up every single time what's their Twitter page is it the calm zone it's at the calm zone okay. that isn't there I yeah. remembered that it will be <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got Hull next um, Hull haven't won a game which I found amazing I didn't weird because people yeah, think that seen. Hull are having a good season <clears throat> and apparently they are they're doing well they're in the cup still aren't they in the league cup I think so. I don't know. I don't know either. They're doing well. We don't know. They're doing well. But How are uh, the ex-Spurs doing up there at the minute? they all out injured? Dawson's injured. Dawson's injured. Um, Huddleston in there. Dawson, so Dawson might be scoring the winning header from a corner against oh, Hull. I'll tell you what, there's a few more miserable stats. Uh, go on, give us some. Hull have failed to score in the last three games. League games. Perhaps. Merry Christmas, Hull. This, 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 this is all league games, by the way. Oh, man. Hull have not beaten Spurs since Ramos days, when they beat us at White Hart Lane. Giovanni scored that free kick. Yeah. I remember it. Do you remember that oh, Woodgate yeah, header when that. we beat him? Yeah, 2-1. Yeah, that, that, that was sort of almost kept us up. That, that was when, uh, when Ramos was playing us, and we, we, we weren't recording the podcast at the time, and uh, obviously he was going football with Ricky, 
and we made a pact that if Hull beat us in this game, that we would. I'm not going to say what what we do because well, just without yeah. the calm stuff, but it was bad. <laughs> uh, and obviously Giovanni scored that amazing free kick against Spurs. Yeah, Although he did the same against Arsenal, so it can't, it's not all bad. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Yeah, the other one is kind of just um, reiterating what you said. Um, they've they've failed to win none of the last ten league games. <laughs> so they, I, I thought they were doing all right. <clears throat> they draw, they draw loads. So they're hard to beat. Yeah, they are pretty hard. I to think beat. I'd settle for a point. Yeah, you've got to settle for a point now. Absolutely, yeah. yeah we'll smash them. Oh, I think we'll smash them. We're away from home. As we said earlier, I think playing away from home is probably the best thing about this fixture for us. Do you think Kane will start or it'll be Adibayor? I think Adibayor will start. If Adibayor and Kubo start, fuck me. I don't see what either of them are going to contribute You're going to up there, aren't you? I am, yeah. I'm making a general first time there. Another grand to tick off the list, but... um. If they both start, I mean, I, I championed Eddie Boyle at the start of the season. We all did, and mm. um, I thought he should start primarily because he is, and I still think he's, he's our best striker based on his ability. And you should get the best out of our best players, but it's getting to a point now where we just can't seem to get the best out of him, and I just don't see what he'll contribute if he starts. For me, I think Kane plays, and this is just my opinion, but I think he plays better with a striker than mm. just behind one. I think like Soldado, yeah, like Soldado. I think Soldado has obviously got huge limitations in English football. He's been a complete abject failure. There's no way of getting around that at this stage. His link-up plays good, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got a great touch, and his link-up plays good, and he just needs one to go in off his ass. Um, his his performance against Man City, I felt, deserved a run in the team. And I feel like he's a confidence guy that needs to be playing also with the right players. Again, without sort of wanting to hark back to pre-season, I thought his link-up play with the right set of players is is encouraging. And I think Kane is someone that he plays quite well with. I think he plays quite well with um, Lamella as well. For me, Kane playing behind Soldado would be what I would I'd go for. Right? So against Hull, uh, our front four, if you think we're going to play one behind the three. Um, you'd have Ericsson on the left, Kane as a number ten, and I would uh, I would keep Ericsson out of this game. This isn't a game for Christian Ericsson. So who would you play? I play. I'd probably play Chadley. So if, Chadley on the left, Lamella on the right. I Kane. think so. I was I was all I was weirdly up for Townsend getting a run after um, after the Europa League game where I was quite impressed by him, and I thought also playing the sort of homegrown kids might be a, a way to go for a while, but. Um, I actually I saw Windy tweet during the week about playing um, a midfield three of Stumbuli, Mason and uh, Bentaleb. Whether or not this is the game to reintroduce Bentaleb, I'm not sure, but I do quite like the idea of playing more of a 4-3-3 for a bit because you know, one thing we've not spoken about in terms of what the root of our problems are is that every time the opposition go forward, they look like scoring. I've not seen us defend this badly yes. in years, and I think it's actually an underrated facet of the Tottenham of the last few seasons certainly the AVB years were we were actually pretty fucking good in defence excuse the language like we were alright we despite the games against sort of Man City and Liverpool we I were, mean the, the, we the, the real the real fag end of his tenure was awful but you know there were no, spells where we were we were solid that season we'd only let in one goal uh, before, before it wasn't, wasn't that many no, yeah. before Liverpool I think it was one goal in 12 games and now we've, we've gone back to being Sort of punchline Tottenham that we, I think that we were. When when Pochettino signed, one of the reservations we had was that his system against the better teams, although that isn't even 
what's happened. Even weak teams that you consider weak going forward have exploited us. Um, would be that given the high pressure and, uh, and they'd pass around us, etc. Yeah, or they would just break. Mm. They, they would, they, we would lose the ball and they would break, and, and that's what happened against Stoke. That that happened time and time again. And you think Stoke aren't known for this, so why is it happening against Tottenham? And and that has to go down to Pochettino's system. What's really bizarre is he was a centre back, and um, <clears throat> he seems to Pochettino. All right, and he persists with. Um, I mean, Frazio deserves to start some games, but maybe not as many as he as he has. Um, persists with Cabal. You'd think he'd uh, he'd be a good judge of a centre back. It doesn't seem like he is. I mean, even someone like Steve Bruce, you know, he's got Curtis Davis there. I forget who. Well, Dawson, Dawson as well. He can see a decent centre half in his system. I his think. son. Well, well yeah. <laughs> well, but I just think. I'm really surprised that Vertonghen just doesn't start again. I don't, it's been rumoured that he's got a knock, but I don't believe that for a second. We were, Spook and I were just talking about, or I was harping on about Vertonghen, who I, I do have a bit of a soft spot for, but for me, getting Vertonghen on side was, would have been one of my priorities yes, the for first, one of the first things he should have done. he's clearly a moody player, he's clearly an emotional footballer who reacts badly to things and reacts well to things, but... There's no getting away from the fact that in his first season in English football, he was in the PFA team of the season. He was a really, really excellent centre-back. Whatever happened last season happened. But for me, if I was the manager and I was looking at the array of talent we've got back there, he is the most talented defender in that squad. Getting him on side, I'm not saying make him captain, I'm not saying let him off the hook for sulking and giving up in certain matches, but making sure he knew that he was part of, you know, an integral part of things and playing in the important matches because it's not like people around him are playing any better exactly. now, Fazio's proved a disaster in most matches Kabul has turned into this comical figure that everyone can't understand what's happened to Kirikas is similar you know, and there's no one else so why he's isolated him in this way I find mind-boggling I really the do the other thing is we're not winning many games without Vertonghen yeah. as well it's not, like we're, it's not like we're dropping him when we're winning all these games I mean I think West Ham it's only from memory that we're running in the league without Vertonghen playing. Mm. And I just think, um, I mean, just like I mentioned earlier on with AVB taking Bale to one side, I said, I'm going to build my team around you. I mean, I'm not going to build a team around Vertonghen, but he's going to be one of the first people who say, you know what, if you're fit, you're starting full stop. Yeah. Because he's our most talented defender. It's a spine, isn't it? You've got the world-class goalkeeper, you've got potentially a world-class centre-back. <laughs> you get those two sorted... Then you can walk on the rest of the team. We just haven't got anyone else in yeah. to really build that well, spine up. But... Apart from Ryan Mason, obviously. Our one true world-class player. An academy player. But, um, yeah, I, to be honest, guys, I'm not going to give you any tactical insight. I just want us to look good, play well and win. That's and, a it's, bit of a... and it's amazing how difficult a wish that appears to be these days. Like You sit back and you, you, you expect the worst, you get the worst. Happened at Villa, but we dug deep and when we got the result there um, and then obviously it goes to shit when we go back Can to you remember a game so that we played away from home that played, where we played awful I, I don't think I think we've performed well away from home throughout the season so maybe, season, yeah. so, so maybe Adiboy had a point about what it does psychologically yeah. playing at White Hart Lane because we know it's a kind of very um it's an, it's an intimidating atmosphere. It is. For, it's small, home place. and 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 it's, it's not intimidating because it's loud. It's intimidating yeah. because you can hear the groans and hear the hear the tutting pressure. And <laughs> you, you can hear the <laughs> Sometimes the atmosphere is that bad. But um, I just I find it interesting that I've I've I mean going back to the away performances versus the home performances. 
I, I much prefer the setup away from home. We again we were talking off off pod about um how well we were set up against Arsenal and for for periods of the match against Man City yeah. in terms of how dangerous we looked as a, a counter attacking outfit. Mm. And I understand that when we're playing at White Hart Lane, teams come and they set up and they sit men behind the ball and I don't think we're talented at the moment enough to break teams <laughs> down in a way that we used to, where we used to have exceptional players mm. like Modric's and Bales and Van der Vaart's to actually pick apart these teams. Now we don't. So maybe, you know, playing playing in a in a more sort of compact slightly more defensive than what we're doing maybe and, and sort of picking teams off on the counter-attack is the way that... Exploiting mis- mistakes rather than kind of dictating... Yeah, the, the which would also of... suit a high press as well, you know, you're mm. getting in amongst the defenders <coughs> and so causing be- mistakes. actually becomes quite a, a kind of rudimental and, and uh, basic approach to football rather than a highly complicated... Well, exactly. You're going back to basics but with a bit of intelligence uh, and a, a bit of astuteness in this is how we're going to win this game, this is how we're going to break down the opposition. If they come to White Hart Lane and play it in a particular way, this is what we're going to do to, 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 to regain some confidence. Because at the minute, after we play at home, I mean, it's miserable before kick-off. People already expect us to lose, the supporters. So mm. if you guys are there, it must, it must... If it's impacting the people that are there, because a lot of people walked out, apparently they were so sick of the people around them, moaning and groaning, but it kicked off. I mean, yeah. I don't know physical fighting, but people say, oh, I've had enough of this. So if that's happening and the players are, are, are actually taking that in, then, yeah, it will impact it in a way. But it comes back to this thing where we're waiting for a moment. Mm. You know, that could have been against Stoke. If we had come back and turned it around the 1-3-2, the whole place would have gone mental. The players would have had belief. And they would well, have I, taken thought Villa, it. I thought Villa that was going to be I it. I think it has to happen at in, home. in the yeah. Church of Doom in, in 17. It's got if, to happen at home in front of a home Do we? Do we think crowd. we've got... Because my my worry is we've got as we said we've got a squad of very ordinary players at the minute. Does anyone think there's a player amongst them that can sort of step up and drag us out of this? Because that's what for me it's going to take. I think we, all we've got is players that are committed to the cause in terms of you know I, I think Townsend despite his limitations is committed to what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Mason Kane clearly is they they, they want to get out there and drag the team through. Even yeah. Danny Rose to the degree is yeah. And these are players at homegrown that have been a part of Tottenham for a long time and they 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 love clearly love playing for us. But they don't have the the ability to yeah they don't have yeah. the world world class ability that we're Bale not going to be selling them to Real Madrid for forty million at any point. I think Kane one day might end up next to uh, Bale and uh, Modric and Loris in a testimonial. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but uh, yeah, I mean to answer your question, no, we don't have we don't have that player. We mm. we haven't, um, and we hope Lamella might become that player one day. But in terms of God given talent, I think that guy is the one who might one day do it. He needs to put on about a stone in muscle. Um, but it's the football. There's no urgency with the football. There's no come on, let's fucking do this. It's I think there is, there is in there is in Rosen. There is in there is in Mason, and there is in pockets in, of it. Away from home, it works. At home, I just as a team, I don't see it as a collective. It's not enough. Put, no. It's not enough. That on its own isn't enough. You, you need quality, and you need people, players that believe in a philosophy. And that's I, I agree, but I'm not even seeing the ba- the fundamental basics of the, the physical aspects, the mental aspects of you know what we're a team, we're going to pull together, we're going to win this game. It kind of breaks down too easily. We're very soft in key areas. Fucking hell, it's a disaster. <laughs> I'll see, <laughs> see you guys next week. I'm out. When, I'm when I saw Vatungan's uh, uh, comments and even talking about the kind of disaffection that 
that there is between him and Pochettino. I don't know if it's real. I don't know how much you can read into these comments when he was in Belgium, but it did feel like I was walking along, I was walking to work, a bit miserable, come back from Manchester, feel a bit sorry for myself, and I thought, maybe we should all just, we've got to start again. we just scrap it all. Just let's boil it all down. <laughs> Sell everyone. Let's survive the season and let's just start again and, re- and let, let Pochettino <laughs> do what he's got to do Sell it, it seems like the only reasonable solution I mean I know it's, it's, this sounds like doom mongering and, and it, is a, it is to a certain extent but just just allow Pochettino to be yeah, to let him do what he wants let him mm-hmm. he's, he's the most important person there he's, I mean none of these players are Bale or Modric or anyone like, so I, don't know, I think aside from Hugo I'm not sure anyone would be too desperately sad if any of these players were to leave. Well, it's, it's, it's a shame that these average players are seeing off boss after boss after boss when yeah. the player should be the issue, not not the manager. Yeah, which, which sort of Flav's point, I think, is... Well, yeah, Lamella's uh, been here 18 months and he's had three managers. How How's he supposed yeah. to learn his, his trade and, and... And every uh, time they're not the ones that are being held accountable. And as much as I hate Redknapp, um, he's... He he was the one constant in that rise, yeah. and we had Bal Modric, and I know they're world class players, but he had to play them and he had to utilise them, and he did that. And there's something in consistency at a football club. Moyes is much derided, you know, the fact that you can't associate that people are pissing themselves at. But when he was Everton, he oversaw times when they would struggle with relegation, but times when they would challenge for the Champions League and qualify for it. There's something to be said for. Consistency. It's why I've got a sort of weird, dark, sort of perverted thought about the season. I'm sort of almost weirdly keen to see how bad it can get for for Levy not to pull the trigger. To know that he's, he's to know that he's actually all in on giving yeah. Pochettino every chance. To I think succeed. it's I think it's key, and I think our the way we react to it is key, and yeah. the way we're reacting it reacting to it at the minute. It makes me concerned because we are powerful. Because once we stop moaning and want the manager's head, the media will get will feed into that, and and the the, the chairman will think I have to do this because that's what yeah. the supporters want. And at the end of the day, if he really does back the coach, he's, he's got to sit back and let it, let the coach do let it. it, right and, it and, you know, and that's where we might be able to see some tr- transparency with the, the the guys coming out and saying, you know, he's give him time. We're, we're, we've made mistakes, we're now trying to correct them. Mm. So you have to support the club, support the players, support the coach, and we will get there again. But unfortunately, that year in Champions League, everyone wants, you know, yeah. and even Levy to a degree, brand name, stadium naming rights, he probably wants us to be up there. What's and our now? new manager comes in, doesn't work, bring in a new one. That doesn't yeah. work, and it, that's got to end. It's got to end. The football fans are the worst for instant gratification. There's no such thing in football, everything comes in time. And let's just wait and see. I mean, it's all we can do. And I mean, we, I think we were, we we were spoiled. Like you know, Redknapp. I'm not Redknapp's biggest fan at all, but there's no escaping the fact that he took over and we were in dire straits. Absolutely. And then, yeah. you know, less than two years later, we're in the Champions mm, League. Yeah. You know, that that is a turnaround that you don't often see. And for a lot of Tottenham fans, I think that is now an expected remedy. You can bring in a new coach, and then suddenly. Mm. You can be 12th in the league and then you can be finishing fourth. If you could bring in a new coach and Gareth Bale and Modric, then, <laughs> yeah. then, then we'd be fine. <laughs> we were doing badly with perfectly good players, though. So mm. Obviously, Redknapp gets credit, but we had a perfectly good team. Yep. So it's not like he you know, had a bunch of no marks and got us to fourth place. OK, so let's have some predictions for Hull. We stopped the predictions we thought that we were the reason for Tottenham's rot. <laughs> but now we're going to bring them back. Uh, Hull 
away from home, I'd say 2-1 Spurs. 2-1 Spurs. 1-0. 3-0 Hull. It's a reverse psychology thing. <laughs> I hate you. Um, I was going to... We were going to do uh, no to MK, um, but... No to MK, done. Yeah, yeah done. same. Yeah, no. Done. But the reason why we won't go into it in any depth is because... It, it, there's been no official line from the club, no. and there's been a lot. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's wrong that there's been. There's no, there's no harm in us stating the case, though. I which, think which is speaking the, our mind. It's like stealing a march yeah, on absolutely. the decision because I think everyone realises that that the yeah, MK Milton Keynes Don is likely to happen. And it's what the club wants, but um, at the moment we'll just leave it. Do you think? I think that'd be a better idea. We were going to talk about it, but not. And, and next week we'll probably be in a much position, just, much better position. Just as a plea to the club, just think how it's going to make us feel and look. when Arsenal come to us and we yeah. no longer have a leg to stand on about anything yep. about anything whatsoever about being the pride of North London about being the original North London club about anything we've shat we'd, on the whole thing we would shat on everything that the club is built on essentially I actually I brought up the fact that there's no difference between Arsenal and MK Dons in that they're both franchises and neither club should exist and I think someone <laughs> responded from Milton Keynes and he listed a Man United, Bolton Wanderers, Nottingham Forest, and maybe a couple of other, Kilmarnock, maybe a couple of other teams, as, as if to say, well, these clubs also moved. But I'm pretty certain, and maybe I'm wrong, that all those clubs that you mentioned were not financially broke and about to go under and only forced into North London. N- or... Nor did they destroy an entire fan base. Only Arsenal and MK Dons exactly. destro- so d- it... destroyed. Everybody who follows MK Dons now isn't, an AF, uh, isn't a Wimbledon fan. That's the key. Yeah, that's the thing. If we, yeah. it, it wouldn't have even been the same if Spurs moved to Stratford, because Spurs fans would have followed them there. In my eyes, it would have been this bad, but to, to, it wouldn't have been. It Still wouldn't London. have been the same. But then, um, I don't think it just, I don't think the distance is the issue. It's, it's MK Dons. Yep. People, look, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's this graphic that you know we've tweeted ourselves yep. that I'm um, at sixty miles. I don't give a fuck how far it is. It's, it's MK Dons, and yep. I just will not. I will not contribute to their revenue stream. Okay, you know, look. The alternatives is West Ham. I mean, they're cunts, but the minute, yeah. the <laughs> minute next week, the minute that um, that the, the, this becomes an actual viable yeah. option, uh, and the club admit well, that, then we'll, we'll talk about it at length. But the the, the trust and meeting yeah. meeting the club yeah. on on Thursday, um, and we'll see what happens from there. Enjoy ne- enjoy the biscuits. <laughs> next Cat of mine. Ne- next week. Um, We'll probably be in a better position to discuss it in full. So we've had some questions in. Uh, John Steggles of Facebook says, "Should the Premier League continue with the international ge- uh, when the inter- international games are on, using the squad players that are still around the clubs, youth players, etc.? It would spread the games out more and prove less of a need for a winter break. Give game time for youth players into the league. No dull shit at the weekend with no Tottenham can't stand international football also, club over the country. He also pointed out that they're doing rugby." Really? So yeah. you use your squad. So your international players are gone and you use your squad. Do you know what? It wouldn't be a bad idea. Could you imagine this, the whinging from Tottenham, from Man City, from Man United, Chelsea? It would actually le- level out the Premier League, probably, mm. for oh, just for a couple of games. It's I, just mental. I don't agree with the ruling because it just depends on... If you play a vital... I mean, international breaks aren't generally at a prime time of the season. Normally, I think March is about the latest one. Yeah. So it's probably not going to be at a stage of the season where um, it's going to hurt you in any way. But if you're at the bottom of the table and you're scrapping for points and you play a club who yeah. are also near the bottom of the table and your squad is decimated Funny. and you need those points, then... 
Funny thing is, it's, it's, yeah, fuck them people. Though. You come up to Christmas and you play about five games in the space of two days. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Have the international break over Christmas. Mm. Would you, if if you had that? Everyone gets a little winter break apart from the international players. The rest of the squad can have their turkey and shit. Well, that's not a bad idea. Just faking injuries. Play all the games during That'd that time. Be a lot of but, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's the that's the internationals teams. They have the FA's problem, not ours. Um, would you would you grant a ruling that meant that no international friendlies could be played during a, or, or uh, uh, qualifiers could be played during a club season? There's no. You'd That's have, how would yeah, that work? I don't you, give you a have fuck. To. I, I, I don't see care. where you're coming from, but it has that. It's like the beginning of the season. You play a couple Just, of games, don't you? And then it's I mean, like it's, yeah. it's international break. Yeah. It's like fuck's right, sake. Or, or eliminate Gibraltar, San Marino, Andorra. Just eliminate them. Nah. Just don't have them in it. Just make them and then play the same teams in the. Uh, look, basically, what I'm getting at is I don't give a fuck about international football. I want it gone. It gets on my nerves. It ruins my I, weekend. I went to the England game on the weekend, and we um, on, on the way home. We were me and my mates who I went with were talking, and this was about half an hour after the game had finished, and we were like, "Can anyone remember anything that happened?" <laughs> <laughs> and we were sat there, and this is like a really like shitty football snobby thing to say. And yeah. I love club football, hate international football, but we were watching, going, "Wouldn't it be funny if Slovenia scored <laughs> to like make this more interesting?" Yeah, wouldn't but, it? And that's you know we're supposed to give a shit. Apart from if you does. belong to a small club, um, and you want to. Because that's what most of the um, the England supporters are, are made up of. They're small clubs, uh, and there are some big clubs that have fallen on hard times, like Leeds and Sheffield Wednesday and the and the whatnot. But this, yeah. and there are some fans that that go to international footballs from Premier League clubs as well. I don't want to suggest of, the there are kind a lot of, of Arsenal shirts at Wembley. I don't want to suggest the political agenda of those those fans, but um, I think. Uh, I just think it's kind of outdated. I think everyone hates the FA, everyone hates UEFA. The only time you kind of get behind England is when you're playing in a major tournament. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm outdated in the way I'm thinking. Maybe there is a... Well, the World Cup is great, even though I'm not, again, I'm not committed to England as I was maybe in the, the, the golden generation when we kept losing quarterfinals and semifinals or whatever else. But, yeah, it is a crock of shit. And it is... Funnily enough, Charlie, you said during the break that this international break... It's almost, it feels like it's cleansing us because of the misery that club football is bringing to, to Tottenham supporters at the minute. It almost feels like a nice little welcome break away from the stress before we get get back into it again. But usually, international breaks are the bane of any season because especially if you've just won a couple of games yeah. and you think momentum lost, maybe pick up a couple of injuries if we've got players out on duty yeah, and, and, it, and it's frustrating, it's frustrating. I mean, I'm... Um... I'm also a club over country, but that's not to say that I hate England and I want England to do better. But I don't hate England. No, but it seems, it seems that when people declare that it's, like, it's either you love one or you love the other. I love, I love both. I want to see England do well. I don't see, I don't see a benefit of um, us playing in international games they want because, I don't know, you want to see your best players playing. You know, I, don't, I mean, it, it, it would be probably interesting to see what would happen if, I don't know, Man City play Chelsea with bereft of their international players, but... You find them what they're like without their money. Yeah. It'll still be better than most people, oh, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it gets in the way of football I enjoy. I don't have any... You don't it. even enjoy watching Tottenham, though. Do you see that picture on, on, on Twitter that got retweeted? But, um, this guy at the England game whose view was blocked by, by a waiter. By a waiter he was in up. Club Wembley, though, man. What? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. but... If he's actually sitting there, he's a bit of a hypocrite, then. Yeah, absolutely. 
I just, I mean, I, I, when I look at the England team, I look at, I just smacks of the FA, and, and I hate the FA. I hate what they've uh, what they've become, and um, I just think it's really depressing that there's. They used to be able to watch three or four Spurs players, and there's not. Mm-hmm. You know, Andros Townsend's weird international career aside, there's like nothing. <laughs> Nothing is Spurs. Okay. So I've got another question from uh, a man called Ian Walker. And he asks, what comes first? Hugo is sold or he snaps and murders our entire defence? How does he murder the defence? Is it really That's, that's a more interesting question. Yeah. By How which do, means does Hugo commit first? I reckon he can do uh, Kung Fu. I can imagine plenty of roundhouses. That's a bit boring. I want, to, I want, I want weapons. Knives. Yeah. Asbestos. I reckon I may, may, maybe just go up them, you know, like a cheese drink. <laughs> just go behind Kabul that's and just like. Well, that's what you should do is put asbestos in his gloves, right? And then uh, when Kabul's having a game, he goes up and cuddles him and pretends like he's helping him. Just and smother, rubs his face. Smothers his face out. He's down, he's down. Get him off. <laughs> Get him off now. He's down. Um, I think the, the bigger question is that, you know, when he's. Hugo be sold, and when is he going to get fed up of having to s- sit behind those players? It's January, this summer. We won't sell him. I don't think no, not, s- not Jan. This summer, yeah. yeah summer. I, unless something drastically magical happens between now and then. Yeah, uh, he I win a game. It yeah. depends who's in for him as well. Because I mean, it depends. Real Madrid, massive club. Need they have a to support a keeper, though. Have they? Yeah. I thought because because they want to play. Casillas uh, is still playing, isn't he? But yeah, but they've got like Kevin Navas, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, it's whether or not he proves to be sort of world class. All right, Bayern Munich. They've got newer. Yeah, and uh, they've got Reina. Roma were being linked with him today. Whether oh, or not he'd bother with Italy, I don't know why he'd want to go to Syria. Maybe he'll be in such a dis- depression. Roma. Yeah, Roma. I mean, Roma are the hipsters' favourites, of course, but Italy's a nonsense at the minute. Isn't it? Yeah. It's no offence, Body. No offence, Body. No offence. Offence. Yeah, I mean, I, I, can, I feel for him because he's clearly the best player we have and he's a, he's a goalkeeper and he should be playing in the team. Took, took a pot shot at Daniel Levy as well. Yeah, he did. Oh. What was he saying? Um, what did he say? He just said that the problem isn't the coach and that there's a problem at the club. What, is, what do you expect you know, you know, if you're changing the manager? Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. But under three. Was it four? Well, three. He's played under three. Yeah, I, yeah it for, for me, the biggest mistake Pochettino's made so far is not making him captain. Yeah, nailed on. Mm. Don't like I'm sure he had his captain. I see no problem with it whatsoever. He's, he's in, this, in this day, it's about having Fox an ambassador and a, Oliver Kahn was captain. Yeah. So, Dino's so off. shut your mouth. Oh, so, so it's Michael, yeah. So yeah. What so you, all those teams did really well. Fuck him. Fuck him. So we're gonna, we would have beat us Stoke if he was our captain. Yep. Is that what you're saying? Yep. I just think for the profile of the club, he's the perfect person. And I know off the field stuff is nowhere near as important, but I think the position of captain is one that carries weight in a sort of almost diplomatic ambassadorial mm. sense and mm. for what the club means in a broader perspective to the world. And I think having someone who captains a big country who's got all that experience and people... You know, he's like he's our only world famous player, as well. Like, make him captain. Make him captain. Well, I think, and for Kabul, I think this is where we've gone wrong. I think Pochettino's probably come in and had a look at the dressing room and said, "Oh, Adi Bayo's really vocal. He's really well liked, and Kabul's he's been at Tottenham for a while, and yeah. he's he, he's quite vocal in the dressing room, and he's gone for the obvious choices, whereas." That's probably why we're doing so badly because we always go for the comfortable, yeah. easy choices rather than saying, you know what? No, Jan Vertonghen is the captain. I would have, yeah, he would have been my second choice, honestly. Just, just do something that will shake the foundations of this 
sleepy and build like, around your best players build around your most talented players we had a question and you said it's like it's all going to shit and everyone I mean the atmosphere of this podcast has been quite you know depressing but um there's because a guy you're still on a chemical downer yeah I've, I've never been as low actually I've got to be honest uh, is this guy's <laughs> name David Danny O'Donoghue he's got about 20 names Jesus, that's an amazing name David Donny sorry David Danny O'Donoghue going on Facebook on Facebook uh, he says we're a bit unbeaten in um, we're unbeaten in cup competitions and we've only played eleven Premier League games. Is it too early to judge? Yeah, it's too early. Of course, it is. Of course it is. Yeah, a million percent. But we're, we're always going to judge. Well, what, what else do you do? What would we be doing on this podcast? Again, my, my only the only reason I'm judging, and I really was at the beginning of the season adamant that I wasn't going to be doing what I'm doing, but. It's just because I can't see any implementation yeah. or acceptance from the players to play the way that I'd been promised. Yeah. Even Levy, when he appointed Pochettino, said about you know, attacking football, we've brought in a manager who's got a style and this is what we want at the club. And it's just the fact that I've not seen it. Or mm. I saw it for a bit and granted we might have been playing pre-season, we might have been mm. playing QPR or whatever it was, but... I saw a glimpse of it, and now I can't see it at all. And that's the only thing that worries me. Yeah, I was just going to say, the same thing happened with AVB. Yeah. You know, we saw it in cameos. We were, our away form under AVB was, and our spirit away from home was fantastic. And remember, we conceded late um, away to Everton. Mm, and he said, we're going to fix this. And we fixed it. And you thought, yeah, fuck I me, they're, they're responding yeah. to the coaching. What they're doing on the training pitch is actually being implemented on, on the... But then it degraded when you kind of realised that he was so stubborn in his methodology with his possession football and, and and none of the attacking side of it worked you kind of thought well now it's not going anywhere and he just imploded in the end and we yeah. had to make the change but yeah we, we get certain things right we get the important things that will finish it off wrong and it collapses and, and, and at the minute you're right we're not seeing enough from him it's almost like he has given up a little bit like there's all the pressing in those early games away from home a couple of good performances but yeah, I don't know. I, don't, it's, it's... I remember that. Go on, Tiki. We're going to win the league, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> How many points? Um, say about 20. 20? 20. 20. 20. Just, just give him a head start. Is this my football is that manager save game? Is that possible? I thought it was 12. 12, yeah. 12. We're in the league by 12 points. We can still win by 20 points. Yeah, we're going to win every single Fazio, game. Fazio said in the press this week that we can still win the league. I love that. Which I thought was just... Did he say win the league or top yeah, four? Yeah, no, he I like still him. win the league. I like yeah. him. I like Fazio. I'd like to say on record... I think Fazio, Fazio and Vertonghen in every match for me. Okay, let him develop a partnership. Fazio. Have you ever mentioned about 1882 Newcastle, by the way? Yeah, that's not possible. Yeah, we don't want to give more bad news. It's not going to happen. They're taking every ticket and more. They're trying to get more. They're trying to get 2,000. Fair play to him. It's midweek. That's incredible. Jesus Christ. Incredible. Silly Geordies. We're going to smash them to bits anyway. It's got, it's got our name all over it, the League Cup this year. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, mate, we're, we're going to Wembley, oh. absolutely, 100%. You've, you've, again, you heard it here first, that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Putting all my money on it. We're going to win it. Yeah. We're not just going to Wembley, we're going to win the whole fucking thing. beat Southampton in the final. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. A bit of silverware, 7 eight his, as his, we're going through yeah, transition. Yeah, question. So we're, so we're 12th right now. Would we settle for a cup, doesn't matter which one, and 12th? Yeah. I would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Right. <laughs> Make heroes out of these current players. Yeah, yeah. You always remember players who win cups. Alan Nielsen, for Christ's sake. I just remember Paul Stewart, man. He yeah. was a fucking Definitely. hero to me. Stefan Everson. 
that dive yeah. netted that oh. made the assist. That Wimbledon that. semi-final in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was yeah. brilliant. That oh. Oh, and so, memories such, and moments. Such average football. Well, this is almost like an. It's not our team now is better than that team. Way Mu- better. Much this better. is it. It's way better. But you look back and you think about it and you forget all the abject misery. You forget yeah. the way you felt when you lost, and you remember those moments of unbridled ecstasy and that 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 goal that uh, that Everson scored. I was in uh, the what a pub was. It was called the uh, the Cockrell. Which is on the corner of White Hart Lane yeah. and, the, and, the, and the high road is now some sort of health centre. But um, I was in the toilet having a piss when we scored that goal with my mate, and we went running out into the crowd, cops out, everything. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter. What a sight. We'd just won it with 10 men because Edinburgh mm. got sent off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was everything that I ever needed from Tottenham. So it doesn't matter how bad it gets, the moments of glory are just around the corner and just keep believing. Spurs. Even that, when we beat Chelsea in the. The last one. Oh, that was yeah. I mean, that team, you know, there are a lot of very average footballers in that team. I mean, like, Tainio. I love Tainio. Sakura. He's one of my favourites. He was brilliant. He was that, brilliant, but, I mean, he wouldn't get near this This team. is before yeah. Gareth Bale's ascendance into... God, but, God, but, but, yeah, I mean, we, we did have our best... That centre-back pairing, if only. Woodgate and King. Yeah, oh, amazing. Oh. OK, that's it from the Fighting Cop podcast. Thank you very much, Charlie, for coming back. Very welcome. Sorry um, for talking so much. I'll you, no, don't say that's what it's all about. I mean, it would just be radio silence, otherwise. <laughs> I get sick of my own voice, and I'm sure everyone else does. Uh, T, thank you for making it. After Thursday, I thought I wouldn't see you for about three or four weeks. I'm awake and I'm here. You're here. Good. Spooky. All right. You didn't go. No. Uh, Gutted. Felt, felt bad. All was jealous. All we've been doing in the WhatsApp group is talking about the funny stories we've had, so it must be difficult for it's you. No, there was no context until you, you gave me context, and, and now I, it was almost like I was there. Yeah. I wish I was there to fall asleep by your side, too. Yeah, could have, could have been holding hands asleep. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, download the podcast as normal. Um, download last week's one if you haven't heard it yet with, yeah, the, brilliant. with the trust. Yeah, it was a good podcast. We did a good job. Well, they did a good job by talking. Yeah. In fact, don't listen to this one. Listen to last week's. It's way more interesting. But then <laughs> you've, got to, the end, you've got to the end of this one, so <laughs> you're lost. Imagine the momentum. Fuck you. Back to fun. Yeah, uh, by the uh, Silver Fanzine's available. Uh, the new fanzine will be up for pre-order in about two weeks. That's uh, hot off the press news, that is. And uh, the app is free. All the regular shit. Thank you very much for downloading the Fighting Cup podcast. Sorry it hasn't been more upbeat. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Tottenham. Come on, you Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Tottenham. Yeah. 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 Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Tottenham. Yeah. I like saying come on, you coys now. <laughs> That's it. The Fighting Cup podcast done. Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Network.